Welcome to the Rise and Flow podcast with me, your host, Elaine, a 5-1 manifester and the goddess of fun. This is a space where we go deep into unlocking your magic so you can step into your power in your life and business. Tune in weekly with me and a host of expansive guests where we dive deep into areas such as energetics, spirituality and business so you can rise and flow. Hello, beautiful souls. You are joined today in the studio by myself and the wonderful Jen Kavanagh, also known as the Womb Witch on Instagram. Jen is a 6-2 manifester, so you're going to have two manifestors using our defined throats today to initiate you all. And she is a womb healing mentor, doula, and teacher. So welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for you to share all of your wisdom. So I met Jen actually only for in real life, like a while back, but we became connected on social media when I was like, my friend Kathy was like, oh, my friend Jen is a manifester. You guys need to connect. And we started talking and sharing all of our insights on deconditioning, I suppose, as manifestors. And a couple of interesting points is that Jen also has a podcast called Rise Up. And I was like, this is no coincidence. Like, so I think there's another manifester that I know in the States who also has Rise in her podcast as well, right? Because part of our mission here on this earth is to initiate people to rise into their potential. But another common point that we bonded over was having endometriosis. So today I am going to interview Jen, I suppose, on endometriosis, share all of her wisdom and experience on this. And she's so much knowledge to share about how we connect more with our womb space as women and heal our womb space and come back and get in touch with our feminine essence. So Jen, take the floor. Let that define throat center roll. Yo. (laughs) So... I guess with endometriosis, the first thing I want to say is that I feel incredibly lucky because mine was caught early at stage two and which meant basically you you have up to stage four in endometriosis and usually people don't get diagnosed until stage four. It just so happened that I was being screened for other things as well and this happened to show up and I was able to have a conversation with the gynecologist that I was seeing at the time. I was living in the UK and I do feel like actually being over there and having access to the NHS system at the time was one of the big reasons why it was caught so early. So with that, it meant that I had sort of, you know, a little bit of scarring going on around the place. There was things growing where they shouldn't be, but not to a really big extent at that point in time. And that was when, you know, I really realized that I had to start doing something to help myself because I watched my nana, my mom, my aunt all have really early hysterectomies from undiagnosed endometriosis. So my nana was 36, my aunt was 38, and my mom was only 42. And at that point, she had needed a hysterectomy a lot sooner than she'd gotten one. So we don't want to get to a point where we actually have to have a hysterectomy. We want to be able to start working with our womb spaces much earlier on and actually try and help ourselves heal you know, well in advance of getting to that point. So for me, 
knowing that I had um, early stage endometriosis um, at that stage too meant that the power was back in my hands then. What we're facing at the moment, especially in Ireland, is that it's usually taking about nine years for people to get diagnosed. We have two specialists in the whole country to manage a condition that affects one in 10 women. So the wait list to see people who can even talk to you about what might be going on are horrific, let alone actually getting the proper screening that you need, as well as knowing what's actually covered on the Irish healthcare system. And it's the same, like the NHS has just announced that for people with endometriosis, for example, who need to have surgery, they're going to have to have ablations instead of actually having, you know, parts removed because they're no longer covering that under the NHS. So the ablation surgery is actually a much more painful condition. So it's actually going to make people actually probably have to stay in the healthcare system for much longer to be able to manage the end result of that. So we're really not seeing this being managed in any sort of, you know, a reasonable capacity by any healthcare system. And I think the problem is, is that there's so many different symptoms that can come along with endometriosis. It makes it quite difficult to diagnose. So anybody who would have had quite heavy periods or, you know, my period started when I was 10. And from the moment that my period started all throughout my teens, they were horrifically heavy, you know, but you go to a GP about that and you're just told it's a heavy, bad period. It's never looked into any more than that, you know, painkillers, try some constant, you know, maybe we'll put you on the pill. I mean, I was on the pill at like 14 or something ridiculous, 15 Just to try. And that's the thing. Like so many young girls are being put on a hormone disruptor to try and balance out heavy periods. And, you know, there's a time and place for it. Absolutely. If it's completely disrupting your life and you are a teenager and you're trying to get on with things, like it's really hard to be in school as a teenager and dealing with heavy, painful periods, you know? So obviously you're going to do what you need to do in those moments. But the problem then is we don't have the education around what that actually means for your body, around what these different things actually do to you as well as for you. And and that's the big disconnection piece there, I feel, across the the board with, you know, the pill or any sort of um, contraceptives that are on the market. So we are looking at, you know, being told constantly by the medical community that it's just a heavy period, there's nothing else to worry about, et cetera, et cetera. It has to get to a point where it is completely life disrupting, whether it's cysts that have developed, you know, I've had like a friend where it actually took to a point where a cyst had developed on her ovary and her whole ovary had to be removed for her to then be diagnosed with stage four endometriosis. So it is incredible the fact that, you know, it's put off for such a long time because we don't have the expertise, we don't have the knowledge and we don't know how to help ourselves either. So the education piece isn't there around it. And also, I really feel like we have been so conditioned to not advocate for ourselves in the medical system. So we don't know the right questions to ask. And also, you know, and th- this was something that actually that I, I really witnessed around. Um, my nana got sick very like quickly in 2020 and ended up needing to go into the hospital when we were in lockdown 
the doctors kept speaking in really big medical language to my granddad and my aunt who were the people who were like the point of call there and they couldn't understand what it was and I kept having to speak to them and translate it for them because I have the knowledge and the ability to do that but we're not spoken to like humans that don't know medical language so when it comes to advocating for ourselves we kind of go but sure they know best like we wouldn't we wouldn't question their knowledge but we need to start questioning their knowledge because if there's something wrong with your body and you know there's something wrong with your body because you can feel it this is a part of you and you are going this doesn't feel right whether it's physically energetically whatever you know and especially as a woman you know because of your intuition that there is something wrong and you don't know how to advocate for yourself within the medical system it's going to cause a lot of issues further down the road and this is something that I've gone through both with endo and with having autoimmune conditions as well and having to figure out how to speak to people within that community and realistically what it ended up leading me to is this sort of holistic lifestyle and you know taking care of myself um naturally as much as humanly possible because hey I can find out that information I can learn about that for myself and I'm not relying on somebody else who actually probably doesn't know that much about it we give we give you know the medical community a huge um freedom in in what we think they know and we don't actually question enough their knowledge so you would be the same as I would we continuously study all of the time to stay not only up to date on what we have studied but also because we constantly want to learn you know that the latest thing that's coming up in what we're interested in they don't have to do that they have to keep up certain amounts of of knowledge and and do certain courses every year but they don't they don't they're not your gp isn't going to go and study endometriosis right well they also don't like i mean i know it's changing now right but like they do like like 10 hours of nutrition training to become a doctor in the first place, which mm-hmm. is like massively connected with endometriosis. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you because like for me, and um, this is back to giving people knowledge because there's times where I actually felt so powerless, like on, on this journey when I would have mm-hmm. been going in and out and it's, Oh, it's only a heavy period. You're fine. Whatever. But I used to have to take days off work. Do you know, like, mm-hmm. as in like once a month I'd get anxiety before I'd be coming up to my period because I'd be like, oh my God, have I got a big pitch on and work? And this and this is actually, I suppose, has all led to me to this journey of entrepreneurship and coming back to like actually honoring ourselves and our body and mm. knowing how it all works. But no matter, and bear in mind, I obviously lived in six, seven countries. Like I, it was always the same. Take the pill, take the ponson. And I'd come off, I'd come off it for a period of time because I'm going, no, there has to be a natural way. And I'd try all of these things. And then that was my big journey into essential oils and more natural living and looking at like making my own green cleaning products and all this kind of stuff. Like that was my driver into this kind of more conscious way of living. Mm -hmm. And never once was it ever said your deodorant is an endocrine disruptor. You know, like the, the chemicals that are all in your creams and potions and the perfumes are disrupting your hormones. And let's look at like how all of this is interconnected. Like never one time. I'm so glad that I've never had to go back since on that journey. And I remember going for an ultrasound a couple of years later. And because I remember when I was like 27, 28 or 28, I just got with my partner who had two kids. So 
you'll when you'll connect with this right but in terms of like at 28 I did not want children and mm-hmm. I went in for an ultrasound and she said you are going to struggle to conceive and you better start trying now because people with endometriosis generally like are infertile and I was like what and I remember coming home and I was just like lying on the couch and my husband or my boyfriend at the time was like what's wrong? And I'm kind of going, she's saying all this. And like, that was imprinted in me on a belief, as a belief then, right? That mm-hmm. I was like, you know, there's something wrong with my womb. And I felt disempowered until I was like, no, there has to be another way. And I met other people. So advice that you would give to people who is, I suppose, maybe suspect they have endometriosis or like, what are the signs of even beyond endometriosis? We've got like PCOS. We've got so many hormonal issues that we're all battling with now like what are the signs of a good healthy period okay I think that's a great question because that's what's not spoken about enough you know like again Mm. we're told like oh these are just normal symptoms of your period like PMS PMS isn't normal PMS means that there's an imbalance of something going on in your body right now even after doing the womb work what I would say is like I'm really good you know five, six, seven years into my journey with this now. And I would still get very slight PMS symptoms, but I usually can pinpoint what it's down to, whether it's, you know, something I've eaten that month or if I've had, you know, a lot of travel on or, or something that's maybe disrupted my general normal flow of being able to care for myself in the way that I usually would. But ideally what you're looking for is no PMS symptoms, first and foremost it's not actually normal. It's, it's showing you that something is off balance and something's going on. So a healthy period is one where you usually might get a little spotting, um, a day or two before to let you know that it's about to, you know, start in a day or two that might be, it might or might not happen. Usually that can just be the release of some old blood from the, this cervix, the womb, whatever's kind of going on there can come from both. So, that's the first kind of sign. And then it's just a really gentle, it still might be heavier. There still will be pain in the sense of like, there should be some cramping because your muscles are actually cramping and releasing consistently to actually help the flow of the blood down through the cervix and the vagina. So you will still get cramping and painful period probably on the first day or maybe the first day or two, but it shouldn't be debilitating right? It should be like a pain that can feel quite manageable. You know, like usually I take one painkiller now and that is on the morning or the afternoon whenever I first get my my period. And that's just to manage that initial phase. And I could probably go without it, but usually I'm probably, you know, if I'm not able to take rest that day, I could be working or something might be going on. So if that's the case, then I'll take a painkiller. If I'm able to be at home, that's when you might use, you know, your womb massage, you might do some hot compresses like your um, hot water bottles and different things like that. And you manage it in other ways. But if you do have to be up and about, there's no shame in taking a painkiller if you need to, but it's not having to live on them. And I think that's what we were so used to for a really long time. So what you want the blood to be is red, like a really nice, healthy red. So not necessarily dark red, not a really light red that's almost watery, just a really healthy, smooth red color. 
And that should naturally be a little bit heavier on the first couple of days and it should taper off nicely then into spotting by the end of it, which of course can be a different color because it's usually again, as the blood is drying out, it might be more brown in color. That's perfectly healthy, perfectly normal. And that should be it. It should be really easy to manage, you know, like you shouldn't have to, like during my teens, I had to sit up at nighttime to sleep and wear two pads at a time and change them every two hours or I would leak through and destroy my bedding. So that was how heavy my period was. That is not what we're looking for here. This should be nice, gentle flow moving throughout the day and it should feel like a peaceful experience, right? And when we're really honoring ourselves and our cycle, we should really be using that time to have a bit more downtime to where we can and really give ourselves that space to just be because that is our inner winter. So that is where we're most, you know, craving that sort of inner time with ourselves uh, where we just want peace because we're already doing enough. We're literally bleeding and shedding the lining of our womb space. So we actually want to be able to gift ourselves some peace around that. Yes. And I want to ask you to go in through all the cycles. So because cycle syncing for me was such a game changer of mastering my energy. But before we go into that side, is there like, so a pathway to healing with people mm-hmm. with endometriosis, like what tools would you recommend? Because I'm still learning now and I'm like 36, Joe, you know? like, I mean, even recently mm-hmm. from acupuncture and stuff and like, I mean, I, she's a Chinese practitioner and, and from my time there, they're always like, get to the root of the cause. And they're not squeamish about talking about, yeah, your, your blood should be bright red. It, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be loads of clots because that signifies stagnation. And mm-hmm. she was also like, do not cross your legs. And we are horrendous. I'm horrendous for crossing my legs as I uncross them, as I say this again right now. I'm like untraining myself because we are blocking um, the chi, the energy to our womb space. So can you share a couple of tools that women can explore that are looking to connect more and heal their womb? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing to just be really clear about with endometriosis is there is no one way. Uh, it's the same with anybody with healing there's no one way to do it but with endo in particular because everyone's symptoms are different that you're working with so like you know endometriosis can maybe just affect your womb space or maybe it might also affect your digestive system it might also affect your brain and fogginess and you know cloudy thinking and not being able to like have good cognition it might affect your immune system like our immune system if you have endometriosis isn't able to to work properly around that because it doesn't identify it as something that's wrong in the body so it is almost working in an autoimmune state so we have to kind of go, there's a lot to unpick with that. And like you're saying with your, um, the Chinese medicine practitioner, like it is getting to the root cause and that is what you are looking at for all of these. So it's a much bigger picture than just going, here's, you know, some acupuncture, go and do that. Like that might not work for you. It depends on what you've got going on. And with anything, it's usually a combination. So what I always say is you do something that works on 
the mind, something that works physically on the body and something on a soul level. Because what really isn't spoken about and what we know to be very true now, especially from the research that's being done around it, is that we store trauma physically in our body, which can actually come through as physical manifestations of illness. So what we want to be able to do then is also look at anything that we might still be holding on to. And I feel like that's a very soul level thing, right? So we're starting to go into potentially doing some inner child work around that we're thinking like what's around the womb space you know like who are we in the world how are we showing up um what is our energy like what has been blocked ancestrally what are we carrying you know so we really want to begin starting to explore those different concepts on that soul level for our womb space The physical part of it is, of course, go external, get the things like the acupuncture, the massage, there's womb massage now, it's absolutely beautiful, like highly recommend it. But the other thing that we want to do is be able to explore ourselves. So physically, we need to get in touch with our own womb space. And I love womb massage for this. So actually getting your own hands, I love castor oil, or you can use coconut oil or a mixture of both is really beautiful put some essential oils in there. Like you will know all about that, like really beautiful and actually get in there and start massaging around your womb space. So working all around from the ovaries right down. And this isn't just for women who are still cycling. Um, This is for women who have gone through menopause or even women who have had hysterectomies. Like you are disconnected from your body. You need to reconnect with your body, right? And of course, as women, we carry so much shame around our stomach area as well. So this is a really beautiful way in more ways than just, you know, working with the womb space, but you're actually just getting your hands on your body and giving yourself some love. So that's a practice that I I really, truly recommend to pretty much everyone that walks in the door to me. Um, And then lastly, you know, you have to work with the, the body in the kind of nutritional sense, in the lifestyle sense. So how can you change your lifestyle around and actually start to work with your cycle instead of against it? How can you eat to support yourself? Because there are ways of eating to support your cycle through every season. And we need to be doing this. We need to know how to do this. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about never eating, you know, the slice of cake, but it's about knowing that actually if I bring sugar in in a certain part of my cycle, that could actually lead to further inflammation later on. So I just need to be a bit more mindful about what I'm consuming and when, you know. And so they are the things that I would definitely recommend, like starting with. Hello, beautiful soul. I interrupt this episode briefly just to share a little bit about the SAS Collective Mastermind, which is now open for enrollment. I co-create this mastermind to activate awakening entrepreneurs who are here to do things differently, make a positive impact and live a life of freedom. So if you want to align your business with soul and systems and magnify into a state of joy and flow, then this is your official invitation from the manifester to be initiated and activated. Over the eight intimate weeks together, we will dive deep into the energetics of who you are and your business. Every week we will build momentum working on alignment, your deeper desires, boundaries, beliefs, cycle syncing, matched with higher consciousness strategy and the business systems to support your expansion with automation and flow at the core. The alchemy of spirituality, SaaS, strategy and systems will help you magnetize dream clients and sales on a soul level and you will walk away with a solid plan and foundation to scale and create the life and business of your dreams. 
So if you are ready to really step into your power as the leader in the collective and make your dreams come true, then you can sign up on my website and I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. So now I'm going to let you get back to this beautiful episode and feel free to drop into my DMs with any questions or book a discovery call support this is where you start to take back a bit of your own personal power and go well how can I actually support myself here yes I think the nutrition element is huge have you heard of the glucose goddess I haven't no oh my god Jen you will love this girl I've only discovered this girl like last week when I was in Portugal at convention for doTERRA so naturally I'm obviously around Mm-hmm. loads of essential oil wellness advocates womb here all sorts of walks of life and obviously it was the oils that got me into this in the first place were like kind of pushed me out was like on this journey and I was like just saying like a, you know talking about endometriosis I'm kind of going like because technically in the medical profession there's no cure there's no known cause so it's like is it a secondary autoimmune condition generally anyone that you meet with endometriosis does have some sort of autoimmune condition also mm-hmm. And we were talking about certain things and like the big focus of the conference was like metabolic health. And my Mm -hmm. friend recommended me listening to this podcast episode with the glucose goddess and Stephen Barlett. And it blew my mind. I listened to it on the, on the journey home and talking about like, so what we can perceive as healthy. Cause I'm here kind of going, no, digestively, I'm not getting the results I want. Right. And, but what was I doing in the morning? I'm juicing a pineapple and apples and I'm blending with banana and berries and some turmeric and all that. So in my mind, I'm kind of going so nutritious, so full of anti-inflammatories, all this kind of stuff. Then later on, then I'm having uh, like my cacao. And then later on, I'm eating like an actual meal for my lunchtime, whatever. But I've always known as in like my energy, I would be quite like sleepy in the evening. I presume that's because I get up at like 5.55, right? Mm-hmm. But no oh my God, she blew my mind on this about like, it's all natural sugars, right? So you're getting this like glucose spike and it's actually not back to, because I've gone super strict and all this. I've I've tried all sorts in this journey, like being vegan, plant focused, all all of the ways. And back to what you're saying, like find what works for you. But this concept I think will help everybody because she's explaining that it's changing the order of which we consume our food because like our bodies are always glycating and like, so so we're always aging and these glucose spikes actually age our body faster. So then like, you know, causing more inflammation, et cetera. So by eating savory or eating vegetables before we consume food that even has natural, that converts to glucose. So like all our carbohydrates and everything, Mm -hmm. um, completely helps us regulate our blood sugar. So it's like, the what she speaks about in her book is like all about like how she's helped women like endometriosis, PCOS, like mm-hmm. weight, like that can't struggle to like lose weight and stuff like game changing. Yeah, because it's all affecting the insulin regulation within our body. So this is the big thing, and like blood sugar. Honestly, I thought by the time I finished nutritional therapy, I was going to punch the next person that said blood sugar stabilization to me because I was like, I'm so tired of hearing those words. But they are the root of so much of what goes on, especially for women, because our bodies really struggle, especially as we age and we move into um, different hormonal patterns. Like we are different to men, and we really need to recognize that here when it comes to our hormonal patterning as you know we move towards menopause and beyond. Um, 
our body will struggle with insulin regulation. So you really have to be aware of what you are feeding your body, when you are feeding your body, how to balance it. Like one of the biggest things that I saw when I when I finished studying nutritional therapy and I actually started working in clinic with clients. Um, so I specialized in women's health um, as soon as I finished uh, college. And what I saw was that we actually, as a nation, as a people, as a human race, do not know how to create a balanced plate of food. We do not know what macronutrients are, what micronutrients are, like the really simple stuff. Like I wish that this was the stuff they taught in school, you know, alongside all of the other things. But like these are the kind of information bits that would really serve people throughout their life. You know, how do I create a a healthy balanced plate of food between fats, carbs, protein, vegetables, fruit, you know, even when is the best time to eat, you know, fruit or vegetables yeah. and different things like, you know, stop eating your your fruit as a dessert because then it's like sitting on top of all of your dinner that like still has to be digested and it starts fermenting and you'll feel a bit more ill as a result of that. Like little things that actually make such a huge difference to how you feel. And for people that are like, I don't understand what this has to do with hormones, your gut is your body's first defense against everything. Your gut is what, you know, metabolizes nutrients that your body needs. So if your gut is not working in the way that it should, it affects your liver, it affects your kidneys, your gallbladders in there. Like you look around the rest of your body and it's affecting something else. So your gut health is key, especially where the immune system is concerned. So 70 to 85% of your immune system actually lies in your gut. So if you do not have good gut health, and by good gut health, I mean healthy digestion that actually moves, you know, daily bowel movements, um, good gut bacteria, you are going to struggle with your immune system. You're going to struggle to regulate anything when it comes to any like autoimmune conditions. And you're also going to struggle with mental fatigue and potentially anxiety, potentially depression, because your enteric nervous system also lies in your gut. So when you don't have these regulators going on, when you don't have healthy digestion, it affects a lot more than you think. So for most people, when we say find the root cause, if there's not something going on at a cellular level, digestion and the gut is the first place where you would generally tend to look. Okay. So could you give us some information about seed cycling as mm-hmm. supporting the gut, supporting our hormones through food? Because it's actually quite a handy tool. Like it's easy to implement, right? So I I would yeah, slightly sorry. disagree on this one in the sense whereby I'm really not into overcomplicating things for people. What I have found over the years that works best for people when they're trying to make big changes to their life, right? So especially people who are already ill and and usually people who are already ill are at the end of their tether. They've come to the holistic space looking for that. Surely something has to work. The medical system hasn't served me. What can I find? And what I see a lot happening is people are given complicated things to do and you might say seed cycling isn't but for you and me that can kind of manage our own schedules to a certain point you know and kind of 
have the seeds ready and and have them you know ready at different times of the month and that kind of thing great the majority of people who are out working or full-time parents at home or whatever it is that they've got going on and busy lifestyles the last thing they want to do is have to think about changing seeds out at different times of the month so the whole idea behind seed using seeds is to up the fiber because what we want is to there's also obviously um they they do help with uh certain like inflammatory uh conditions as well like there's anti-inflammatories in the seeds and also they can help with regulating or certain hormones too to enough of an extent where i feel like that's the way to go no if you have enough fiber in your diet and you have daily bowel movements and your gut is healthy your hormones are going to be a lot healthier as a result of it right so my general advice to people is absolutely include seeds but I love to just go have a jar what I do is I mix milled chia and milled flax and the reason why I use milled is because when you use the full seeds they can actually get quite gloopy so if you have sluggish digestion anyway it can make it a bit more sluggish because it expands in your stomach so you can feel quite bloated right so what we want to do is use the milled so it's already broken down a little bit and use that every day whether it's in a smoothie, whether it's in porridge, like whatever it is that you're using it in. You can even sprinkle it. I sprinkle it over like toast that I have like peanut butter and raspberries on or something as well, just to get a little bit of extra in there. You're still getting your seeds in. It's not overcomplicated. You're going to remember to put a spoonful of that in something every day, right? And it means that you're getting the benefits of it without needing to overcomplicate things for yourself. If you have more time, absolutely look into it and it's something that you really want to commit to look into it but there's nobody that I've met so far who has tried seed cycling that's stuck with seed cycling so your biggest thing that is going to help you change anything when it comes to your health because this is a long-term gain you have been abusing your body for a really long time whether it's through food exercise whatever it is you know even thinking what women do in terms of trying to fit into a size six clothing right and and seeing what the ideal body is like what we do to our bodies is torture you know over a very long period of time it takes time to heal you're looking at three to six months shortest time frame so you need something that you're going to be able to commit to and stick to and have consistency so the thing that's going to help you the most is consistency So all of the kind of things that come up that feel a bit like, oh, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon. I really just want you to ask yourself, okay, but how long can I stay consistent with this? How long can I actually commit to this for? When is it going to piss me off enough to go, I can't be arsed with this? What morning am I going to wake up, you know, in my luteal phase of my cycle where I'm exhausted and I don't want to have to go and now change out my jar of seeds or go to the shop to buy more? Like, do you know, and it seems silly, but honestly, when you are working in this space and you're seeing people come through with different conditions going on, the simpler, the better, the less complicated, the more successful. And that is how you win. And well, it's a really good point. Like consistency is... I mean, the most important. And so what other advice then in terms of, would you have like, do you, like about like say cycle syncing, like what other things can we do to connect more with our womb and support our bodies? Because I know mm-hmm. even like during our different phases of our cycle, like there's different foods that we can eat to support ourselves. 
in a way that's easy. In a way that's easy. Yeah. Easier. Sorry. No no pressure. (laughs) No, in a way that's easy. So you have, you know, it depends on where you look. Some people will say you have two phases of your cycle. I fully believe in the four stages of the cycle. So you have your follicular phase, which is your springtime. Um, so this is the phase uh, straight after your bleed ends. So the, the the day after your bleed ends, this phase starts. And this, when you think of spring outside, you're kind of coming back out of that inner hibernation of your winter. You're starting to feel a little bit more energy coming back into the body. You want to be a bit more sociable again. And you want to be supporting yourself. So in terms of having less PMS symptoms, which will come in your luteal phase, your autumn phase, you want to start supporting yourself nutritionally now. So from this early follicular spring phase, this is when you're doing the work. So I always like to kind of think of the body as working like two weeks behind, right? So what I'm feeling now in my body is a result of what I ate and what I did for myself over the past two weeks right? And you're kind of seeing the knock-on effects because remembering that everything takes time. So that's why, you know, when you start like an initial like weight loss plan or something, it takes a little bit to kick in, right? It takes a little bit to start seeing the difference, but then you you kind of hit week four and you're like, oh, I can really see a difference now. It's because your body has to play catch up on what you've already been doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you're working, say, in that sort of two-week behind window. So what you're doing now in these two weeks of kind of the follicular and the um, summer, which is your ovulation phase, is really going to help you then as you move into your luteal phase and hopefully reduce a lot of those PMS symptoms that you've been experiencing and pain and inflammation. So what we really want to focus on here, as I said, is gut health, um, reducing inflammation in the body, and just supporting overall energy and vibrancy. So during these two initial phases, like your spring and your summer, you're generally not as hungry, right? You're not craving as much carbohydrates and like quick fuel, right? Because you generally have a bit more energy where your hormones have kind of, you know, risen and and are flowing. um, You have more natural energy in the body. So you're not reaching for that quick 3 p.m. hit of your chocolate bar, right? As much. So this is really good because it means that we then get to play with lighter food during this stage and keep our digestion moving nice and quickly. So I really want you thinking about like salads and soups and different things like smoothies. Um, So even with juicing, what I like to always do where I can is either include some like seeds in there um, because you're balancing out then with some fats, right? So you're not just getting a carbohydrate hit, you're also getting fats. Or if you just have some nuts, even just a small handful of nuts alongside your juice, it just means you're not getting that big, massive carbohydrate sugar hit from the juice, from the fruits and the vegetables straight to the system. Okay. So this is what I've been missing. Yeah. So it's basically, yeah, it's just giving you a little bit of, it slows it down right? Because otherwise what happens is your body goes, oh, we're just going to soak up all this glucose goodness. And you're like on a spike, right? And then your blood sugar has to come back down again. So what happens when it comes down? You're dead, right? So you feel really tired and that's when you're reaching for all the quick fixes. So we want to balance that out. So that means eating regularly and making sure that you're balancing out like what you're eating. So if you're getting a load of carbohydrates, then you're also getting some proteins and fats in there as well. And you're balancing that right? So that's like a really simple tip at all times. 
um even if you're just having some fruit have a little bit of like you know I love apple and nut butter like great combo right little things like that um so yeah for the spring and the summer you're really looking at like lots of fiber in there and so that means loads of like fruits and vegetables with your meals and especially your chunky vegetables so we want to look at the likes of especially for endo is um you know it's an driven by estrogen so we want to make sure we don't have excess estrogen in the body and like just a great vegetable for that is broccoli so I would eat broccoli until it's like coming out of my ears like I absolutely adore it I love just like roasting it in the oven it's delicious just don't boil it if you boil your vegetables you are losing all of your nutrients so please don't do that roast them chuck them into a stir fry like whatever but just don't boil them um and broccoli has a compound called DIM, which I'm not even going to try and say the full extended name for because it's just not going to happen. But DIM actually helps with flushing excess estrogen out of the body. Um, same with indole-3-carbonyl, which is I3C. That's also a compound that's found in these vegetables as well. So we want to make sure we're including lots of those. Um, and yeah, then for anti-inflammatory, salmon, amazing, right? So what I always kind of recommend, especially here in Ireland, you kind of want to stay away from farmed salmon where you can. Um, what they will have in a lot of the shops is frozen um, wild Atlantic salmon fillets. So where you can go for something like that, it just means that they're not going to have been injected with anything or, you know, they're not kind of picking up. We're just trying to be a bit more mindful. Like you were saying with using creams and lotions on the body you're also taking in xenoestrogens from what you're consuming in your food as well so we want to be really really mindful of just those little bits and pieces where we can and when something's frozen frozen at source it retains its nutrients so that's why frozen berries aren't a bad thing right convenience consistency what is the easiest thing for you to do right um so that's really like your first two weeks right and then when you're moving into your, well, it's kind of a week and a half, like you're, uh, if you were a 28 day cycler, they would say that your ovulation is on day 14, right? So it's kind of the halfway point in your cycle, but your bleed starts, the day that your bleed starts is the first day of your cycle. Okay. So your luteal phase is really the longest phase. This is kind of a good week and a half for most people, if not two weeks, depending on the length of your cycle. So this is the stage where your PMS symptoms would really start to usually kick in. So you might get sore breasts, you might start getting really an anxious, or, you know, it can go to extremes as well if some people have PMDD. So we really want to be like looking after ourselves during this stage. And that's where you really want to be mindful of what you're consuming. So where you can, avoiding large amounts of sugar in the form of, you know, less healthier options than fruit or vegetables um, you want to make sure that you are definitely still taking in enough fiber every day and you still want to be working with your anti-inflammatory foods as well like your salmon so and your seeds so your seeds will work with this as well so we just want to be really mindful of kind of what's going on in that time. You don't have to change massively between the seasons. What will change in the luteal phase is you'll feel hungrier. So you'll want more dense food. So literally go and think about the seasons of the year. We've got spring, we've got summer, you want lighter foods. You've got autumn, you've got winter, you want your more dense, heavier foods. You're craving them, right? You want the comfort. So that might mean more 
you know, stews. It might mean more soups. It might mean, um, you know, having your big dinner with your potatoes and your meat and your veg, right? That might be more what you want during this phase. And then again, then you've got coming into your winter phase. So with your bleed starting again on that first day, all we want to do is sit at home and eat a chocolate bar. Like mentally, that probably feels like a really great thing to do. Physically, the chocolate probably won't actually help you. But I always say you've got to give a little bit here, right? So it's the 80-20 thing, right? Where you feel like it's actually emotionally going to support you more, have the chocolate bar. We're not trying to get rid of like the enjoyment of the little things in life. What we're trying to do is support the body as much as we possibly can to function in the highest way. And back to your point, which really hit home for me, because like, you know, I've tried all this elimination super strict diets which is just not sustainable because it's, it's impossible to be consistent and we're here to also enjoy life and some indulgence as well mm-hmm. but it's like eating as you said the nuts or like some vegetables beforehand that will actually it's not grounding I'm too much spiritual talk for him I'm like it grounds the it grounds the sugar but it will reduce the the height of the insulin spike yeah, it reduces the impacts. The, it reduces the impact of the sugar on the system. Yes, amazing. I'm loving these tips. So, can you guide us through your method and stuff for work? Right. So, obviously, everyone who's tuned in here now before is as well used to the manifestor way. There's like been several mm-hmm. manifestors on, and we are complete innovators that goes first and finds all the problems in the collective and we're like, right, here's a solution. So you innovated Womb Harmony, like an amazing six-week program because I suppose to condense all of your amazing information of all these years into one space can like, you talk us through that because I actually have written down like five blog topics that we could talk about today from all of the information. (laughs) I'm like, cycle thinking, here's some great recipes. You know, like tell us a little bit about the process and like the journey that people go on to connect more with the room because I love your whole approach that's like mind body and soul because like Mm -hmm. they're all interconnected exactly um so the womb witch method in and of itself is education first and foremost we as women do not have education about our bodies or you know how to work with our bodies in fact we have been shamed so much in even talking about this conversation that it has repressed the desire for us to to want to know more until something happens. So it has to get to the point where something physically happens to us, like an endodiagnosis or like something else, where we'll actually start to ask the questions. Okay. So I want education to be at the core of everything when it comes to women's health from now on, because I want you as somebody who has endometriosis to be able to go in and advocate for yourself. I want you to have the right language. I want you to know how to support yourself, right? And be able to have conversations with people and know what's right for your body and fight for that. Okay. So education for me is a big thing. The next one is energetics, because again, as we're thinking about the body, we you know, even grounding, grounding our body down and, you know, making sure that we are connected with that earth energy. Um, It's so huge. It takes us out of the mind, out of the thinking. And we are women. We are feminines, right? We need to be in flow. We need to also have our embodied masculine, but we need to be in flow and harmony with the universe. And we so often are not because we've lived in this masculine world for so long. So the energetics, not only the feminine energetics, but also the energetics of 
the ability to heal yourself, the ability to heal your body, and then any external resources that you can use. So that comes in alongside of it. Um, and of course, things like meditation and and um, somatics and movement and all of those different things. For me, they're all under that energetic po- uh, portal. And then you have empowerment. So I am a manifester and you are a manifester. And we know that we just want to empower people to be able to do this for themselves. I do not want you to have to work with me for like two years in order to learn how to cycle sync with your body. I want to give you the tools and go use it. All of the information that you need is here. Use it, support yourself, and let's get you on a path to a happier, healthier you, right? Because you have the power. I can't come and do the work for you. You can witness that my life has changed as a result of it. You can witness that Elaine's life has changed as a result of cycle syncing. You have to witness your own change, right? So let's get you empowered to do that. How can I support you in doing it? And then the last piece of the puzzle is embodiment. Because if you don't actually take all of this in and embody it and own it and actually you know, turn up as this person who looks after themselves on a day-to-day basis and puts themselves in a place of importance, then how is anybody else ever going to do that for you? And how are you ever going to actually heal, right? So embodiment is like the key to all of this. So with that, I've developed Womb Harmony, which is a six-week cycle syncing program. And what we do in each of those weeks is, you know, I've combined all of my knowledge from everything that I've studied across the years from nutritional therapy to lifestyle movement support and energetics and created this program that's actually going to help you to understand every single stage of your cycle from the very physical and anatomy point of view to the hormonal point of view to how to use nutrition and movement and lifestyle supports within there to the energetics of it. So you have Uh, the first week is actually just exploring the history of the menstrual cycle because I think it's really important to understand how we got to a point where it's so shameful where it's so you know you can't talk about it you um you know only talk about the bad stuff like let's talk about having a healthy cycle and what does a healthy cycle look like and also thinking starting to get you thinking about the sort of ancestral lineage that you're carrying as well so there's a huge energetic piece in there in the in the first week and you have different tools alongside of that like you'll have soul work every week to work through which actually guides you through different questions alongside different things like meditation or womb healing like in that first week you're actually guided in to meet with your womb space through meditation and this is something that we just don't do as women it's really beautiful passage of right that has completely fallen away and when we actually start to do this it's amazing how quickly the connection with ourselves can start to flow again from there so that's the first week then we go through each Um, part of the cycle so we go through spring we go through summer autumn and winter over the next four weeks and we dive deep into each one and how you can work with them and again you have different techniques during each one to connect so for example what I've included in the luteal phase is actually like a little EFT tapping exercise as well because that's usually the phase where we struggle most with anxiety right so we want to be able to actually get rid of any sort of limiting beliefs or thoughts that are rising up for us so there's a lot in there around how you can actually work with yourself but also encouraging you to explore different things as well because like I said not one size fits all and then the last week in the course actually explores 
the balance. So it's finding balance and it explores all of the different on imbalances that can actually go on in the womb space, like with endometriosis, like PCOS. And I think it's really important for women to have this knowledge because you're able to not only support yourself if something happens or prevent something from happening because you actually know how to work with yourself, but you're also then able to support, you know, friends or family members that are going through it because you're going to have a lot more information about that. And then ultimately just finding how you look for balance in your life. And then everybody who actually goes into that gets a free master class on um, conception and contraception so I'm busting all of the myths around you know you can conceive throughout the whole month like we were taught growing up in a very Catholic Ireland like just never have sex basically you know because you will get pregnant no matter what time of the month it is whereas we've actually got a six-day window that's it that is it right um so once you are able to track your cycle then you are able to to see when that window is and you can start to work with that and then just the different types of contraceptions that are available because again like i said earlier what we don't have enough of on them in you know ireland and and everywhere is okay there's all these contraceptives available but what actually does that mean for your body and what do they do to your body and what happens when you're taking them Okay. And then how could you do a more natural approach? So natural approach won't be for everyone and that's absolutely fine. But then I want you to have the knowledge and the power, the self-power to go, well, what is the right choice for me then? So that is what you get in Womb Harmony. And I'm really, I just want everyone to have this because even if you are not cycling anymore, but you're a mother, you might have younger daughters or you might have nieces that you could pass this information down to. Like, it's so important. I want this information far and wide because I want every woman to know how to connect with herself and how to help herself heal. Boom. Yes. I know. I love it. And I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy to have you on here to share all of this wisdom because I'm not going to say it's a regret but like I wish that I had all of this information I mean actually oh my god and you're you're talking like 20 over 20 years ago right Mm -hmm. and like you know when we would have started it's been like you know just taking whatever the doctor says and doing the pill and now and then it's like it actually just has made, like made my symptoms worse. And now it's like, I've spent all this time now healing my body from being so long on prescription medication. Mm-hmm. So I think it's phenomenal. I just love the balance, like the alchemy of everything that you've brought together is phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today. And I hope it's really inspired a lot of people to tune back into going like, well, actually, how is my period? Like, you know, what does my bleed like every month? What can I do to support myself more like physically, mentally, spiritually. And I'm going to link all of Jen's, her her program, her social media, her podcast and everything below. And do connect in with her um, if this is all resonating with you today. And thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey and activating your higher self. I'm so grateful to every listener in this community and would love to know what you think. So drop into my DMs or send me a message and be a part of the expansion of our collective by subscribing, sharing and leaving a five-star review. And let's rise and flow together.